Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Gray's Academy. We're going to have a full, regular intro in just a second, but Kelsey and I talked after recording this episode and thought it would be in our best interest from a sensitivity standpoint to put a little bit of a trigger warning at the top of this episode. This episode covers some pretty intense topics, and it does have uh, deep conversations around suicide, as well as uh, actual depiction of a suicide attempt. Uh, we want to make sure that we put the proper information in this episode for anyone who needs it. So we do have the suicide prevention uh, and awareness hotline will be notated in the episode description. Uh, and we do want to make sure that that is something we talk about right at the top of the episode here. So uh, we're going to get right into it now, but we did want to give out of respect to everyone a quick trigger warning. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. You have your two world-famous international hosts. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it is a beautiful night for a podcast. And this podcast is extra special. It is special. And the reason is, for the first time in the Gray's Academy podcast history, I get to tell you... This episode is sponsored by, and mean it, so, drumroll please. This episode of Gray's Academy is brought to you by, is sponsored by, Love Shop Sex Toys. Did I nail it? Did I nail it, literally? Did I nail it? nailed it. it. Mm -hmm. Did I fuck it up? No, you sure nope. didn't. You fucking Kelsey, good. <laughs> tell us all about this uh, wonderful sponsor that we have, Love Shop Sex Toys. Love Shop Sex Toys is a company that is very passionate about destigmatizing sex. And if you're a fan of this show, you know we feel the same way. We want to remove any negative... Uh, associations with sex we do not think that it needs to be a hush hush topic it should be celebrated because it is a wonderful and beautiful thing shouted from the top of a mountain you know Mm-hmm. maybe even have sex on top of a mountain maybe even have sex from a hotel balcony <laughs> looking at the vatican maybe <laughs> that's oddly specific carmen well, we'll have to tell that story another time. Uh, that's a Patreon story. That's a Patreon story. So, uh, love shop sex toys. Uh, one of the one of the things that I really like about these guys here. Uh, not only is the website just so easy to navigate, and I've mm -hmm. spent a lot of time looking through this stuff. He's been navigating the hell out of that website, guys. I really have. Uh, but there's a couple things I want to point out before we start talking about some of these products that are really incredible. Uh, first things first. If you go to www.loveshoptoys.com and use the promo code Gray's Academy, you will get 20% off 
almost all regular price products. There's a couple of asterisks in there, right? You don't go to uh, Nike and get discounts on Jordans, do you? Uh, no, you don't. Uh, so there are exclusions. So, uh, But the thing that I love about this is right on their website, when you click the About Us, 21 years selling bongs, dongs, and thongs. Incredible. If that's not a Carmen sentence. I don't know what is. <laughs> First, not only do I love rhyming, uh, but dongs is one of my favorite words. Uh, so I want to read this because I really like this. This is their mission. We believe that the act of sex has been hushed for too long in a time of destigmatization of almost everything else. Uh, oh, every almost everything else. Sexual orient. Okay, there's a hyphen that threw me off. Uh, <laughs> in a time of, de- of destigmatization of almost everything else, sexual orientation, mental health, and social issues, we are still somewhat ashamed to talk about sex itself. Why is it an inappropriate topic to discuss? Frankly, with friends at dinner. Why is it considered rude to share details of your sex life with acquaintances over drinks when folks have no problem diving into specifics about their moral or political views? I like that. I think that really speaks to me, you know? It does. So what were some of the things on the website uh, that that stood out to you? Were there any items that you thought, I I need to look into this. Michael (laughs) Michael needs this for our relationship. Um, What I really like is that they have sex toys for individuals. Um, they have sex toys for couples. So whether you are, uh, looking to expand your sexual relationship with your partner or just explore your sexuality with yourself, uh, you have both of those available to you on this website and the quality is great. All of these items have like really great reviews. Um, again, they've been around for a really long time and I like the, the clarity of the mission statement. They feel very strongly about it and we love to see it because once again, if you've listened to this show, you know, we also feel that way. It's true. And we, so uh, I, I feel like our friendship in general uh, is very open and we do talk about a lot of sexual things. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is sad that once you kind of get out of sometimes your inner friend circle, it, it is tough to talk about. So we are here for it. Love Shop Toys is also a part of that. And we are really proud, uh, again, to be partnering with uh, Love Shop Toys, www.loveshoptoys.com. Promo code Gray's Academy, just like you see it here in the podcast to get 20% off. The thing that I like, so all of these porn stars they have, uh, like, it's not people that I've never heard of. Like I have heard of some of these porn stars and also what I also, I mean this website, they just have the naked porn star on the website for some of these pussy strokers, which is what they call them. Uh, I might get a couple of these just to, just to have maybe do a couple, uh, random, random giveaways at church. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, no, there's some really cool stuff out there. Also, there's a Bluetooth male masturbator. I don't know what exactly the Bluetooth is for, but... Uh, so you can put it, it on, and then Jessica would have the app on her phone. And so she would be in control. Oh. And I think they have the same version for, like, reverse. So your partner could have it and have the control. Also want to shout out, they do discreet shipping. So if you were to order something, it's going to come in, like, not a labeled box. Like, it's not going to be like, this is a sex toy. Um, so there is discreet shipping in case, you know, you don't want your roommates to know what you're doing or in case you're ordering a surprise for your partner, either way, it's going to be fun. Uh, and on shipping, uh, all orders over $69. Nice. Nice. Are free. (laughs) 
<laughs> so um, once again, we are going to put a link to the website in the episode description, and it will also be in our link tree on our Instagram bio when this episode goes live. Yes. And if you do get something that you really like, make sure to tag Gray's Academy Pod in an Instagram story if you choose to go on Instagram, which we uh, we definitely encourage in the effort mm-hmm. to destigmatize sexual conversations. But also tag at Love Shop Toys and use the hashtags hashtag Love Shop and hashtag Love Shop Toys and uh, let us know what you think. And if you got any recommendations, make sure to email at graysacademypod at gmail.com and tell Kelsey all of the details about everything that you bought and she will pass them on to me because then you two can also talk about spoilers <laughs> and things that I can't be involved in. But then also make sure to tag uh, at Gray's Academy Pod on Instagram at chaoticallykelsey at carmen.gabriel.official and let us know. And I think I think that's... I feel, I feel good with that. I feel yeah. good with that. Uh... Uh, just they have something for everyone and uh it's it's also yeah. just a really easy and great way to support our podcast and support yourself if you know what it's i true. mean oh i know what you mean <laughs> oh it's so good and actually speaking of uh sex there's some sex that happens this in this episode. episode i actually wrote this down in my notes because i was like i feel like as someone who's doing rewatches like i don't you know always remember things or I get confused and mixed up with things that haven't happened for us yet, but have happened for the rest of the world. Um, do you think this is the steamiest episode of Grey's so far? Uh, sex scene wise. Like, are these the most, there's basically two sex scenes in this episode, right? That are pretty I, I would, intense. I would say uh, maybe actually I'm having a but, hard time thinking uh, about some of the other ones, although I will say the the ones that stand out to me are the Derek Meredith sex scene at prom. Mm-hmm. And then when we get the George and Izzy flashbacks, uh, mm-hmm. pretty intense sensuality going on in those sex scenes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was thinking but, the um, the one that like I could really only think of was like George's fantasy where it's like the three of them in the shower, but it's it's not real. Yeah, it's not real, but also it's not like they're sitting there yeah, they're actually really doing, doing stuff. It's just actually physically steamy. It, yeah, yeah, because it's in a shower. Yeah, on high heat. Um. So yeah, I think this might be between the um, Mark and Callie sex scene and the Jeremy and Beth sex scene. I think it might just be the spiciest one yet. The steamiest one yet. Mm-hmm. There was, it's definitely the Mark and Callie sex scene was definitely the mixed sweatiest sex scene we've seen. It was dripping. Well, and you know what? Here's the thing about sex scenes. People are not ever sweaty enough in them. I feel like because in real life you're sweaty a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time. It's true. Um, And I feel like everyone in shows is always like pristine. Yeah. Or there's a light beating. And it's like just not enough. A glisten. A glisten. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> like that's someone nice. misted them with a bottle of spray right before someone else yelled action. Yeah. Just like a bottle of olive oil <laughs> just on their body just to glisten a little bit. Ugh. Alrighty. Well, before we get into it, let's let's pre-get into it. Let's let's pre-get pre-game. into the pre-game stuff. Pre-game the episode. 
<laughs> um, this is the 16th episode of the fourth season, the 77th episode overall. It is called Freedom. And that's a song. Freedom. Not the freedom that I thought I was going to be listening to, uh, but still a great song by the Isley Brothers. It was released in 1970 off of the album Get Into Something. And uh, speaking of getting into something, Love Shop Toys, Gray's Academy, code for 20% off. Uh, The perfect gift for Mother's Day and Father's Day. So... Get Into Something was released in 1970, and that specific album uh, did peak at number 11, and uh, the and it reached at number 72 on the pop charts. The specific song, Freedom, did not chart, but some of the other songs uh, had appeared in the top 30 on the uh, the Billboard R&B charts between the 69 and, and 1970 and 71 years. Uh, some of the other... Uh, one of the other songs, uh, the single was "Keep On Doing." So there were there were other songs that had gotten into it. The uh, the A side was "Get Into Something," "Freedom," "Take Inventory," "Keep On Doing," and then uh, the the B side was "Girls Will Be Girls." I need you so. If he can, you can. Uh, I gotta find me one beautiful and bless your heart. So that's all I got. Uh, the song was a three out of five but it did not make it into Carmen's iTunes library. Wow. But you didn't hate it. It was just, no, I didn't hate it at all. No, I was, I don't know what song I was thinking of. I think I was thinking of freedom, 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 freedom. freedom." Freedom. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was thinking. And it was not that. Uh, so, but also I think that song was just being played in Scandal. So that's why I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the song. And this song is going to be living in Shondaland today. And it was not. That'll be fun. I'm, I bet that's happened. Probably with at least one of the Beatles songs we've already had. I'm, Surely they've played one of those somewhere else. Well, all of the spoiler alert. Just don't listen to this if you're watching Scandal, if you're about to watch Scandal. Uh, the, By the way, Megan is... Uh, last time I talked to her, she was in almost done with season six. So what the probably, fuck, that Megan? Was like two days ago, so she's probably finished now. My gosh! Thank you for not spoiling anything. We are in season five still, but uh, for any of you who haven't gotten to this point, skip ahead. the The albums that Rowan and Olivia listen to, I'm sure one of these songs get repeated throughout the show. Probably, I'm sure yeah. those songs are living in Shondaland, but. Anyways, that's what all I got. That's all I got for the music part. Okay. So this episode was written by the queen, the one and only the Shonda Rhimes herself, the highest Ugh. paid screenwriter in television. Not surprised that she wrote this episode. Um, nope. I feel like typically it's it's safe to assume she writes all the finales and finales. There are definitely a couple like mid-season ones off the top of my head that I know she wrote. Um, and we'll get to those when we get to them. But safe to assume if it's any like major event is probably got her on all, her name all over it. Um, this was directed by our, our good friend, Rob Korn. And uh, it aired May 22nd, 2008. It had 18.9 million viewers. And the That's a good Netflix number. synopsis is... Meredith and Derek get one last shot at success in their clinical trial, and the surgeons work together to free a boy from a block of cement. That's pretty accurate, I'd say. Yeah, I would only I would only add that Alex 
is caring for Ava Rebecca, like fully. And it's weird. Like this. Upsetting. It's very sad, right? Obviously it's sad. But his desire to not think like a doctor in this episode regarding Ava Rebecca makes no sense. Mm. Well, now, okay, to clarify to all of our listeners, we have only watched the first half of the episode. Yes. So this is a two-part episode, Freedom Part 1, Freedom Part 2. It aired all at once. We did not watch it all at once. So we've listened to the, or we watched the first half and we're going to talk about it and then we're going to watch the second half and then we're going to talk about it. So it's fresh on our minds. So we'll rate this episode individually. We'll rate part two individually. We'll rate it as a whole individually. Also, <laughs> we I'm like giving my little, little pointer finger. At the, I'd like to make a comment, please. Teacher. Uh, so do we here's the thing. Our schedules are kind of crazy. Mm hmm. Do you think we give the people what they want and we release part two on Thursday and go right into it and do season five, episode one on Friday? Is that what the people want? I listen, if you uh, want to give it to, to the, the people, I, I listen, we're both, you know, who's not a man of the people fucking Fitzgerald Grant. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He do be sucking. I, this is an off air conversation, but I actually think that my favorite scene in all of scandal Single favorite scene has occurred last night. Ooh, you'll have to tell me which one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you later. Okay. Anyways, uh, what do you think of that, Kelsey? You think the, the think the people want that? We'll do a yeah, Thursday, we'll Friday. Do, do a yeah. Thursday, Friday release next week. So Not sorry, folks. You got to wait a whole week to know. And I'm going to make some bold predictions. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, Everyone's going to die. Oh, fucking well. Endgame style, like Mark Ruffalo in that interview that he did before Endgame came out, and Don Cheadle was like, "Bro, you can't say that." <laughs> you remember that? No, I remember the the Tom Holland, all the Tom Holland ones. There was this interview where they're like, "Hey, so like, what do you think people are gonna, you know, do you think people are gonna like Infinity Game or Infinity <laughs> Infinity Game? <laughs> My favorite Marvel movie." I actually watched Iron Man 1 and 2 last week, and then I watched half of Age of Ultron a couple nights ago because these people in the AIs are really starting to freak me the fuck out. So yeah, I was like, getting I'm going to sit down every tech person, and I'm going to make them watch Age of Ultron, and I'm going to pause it at very specific parts, and I'll go, do you see? Do you see why this is bad? Yeah. Do you understand that the Avengers defeat Ultron, and what you're trying to do is create Ultron? And we don't have Avengers in real life. So all you're doing is trying to kill us all. We do have Jeremy Renner, though. And I feel like he, at this point now, after surviving a snowplow being on top of him, yeah, is actually a human Avenger. I do love him. Yeah. And I believe he would do his best. <laughs> he would but I don't know that it would be enough. <laughs> it's an AI-generated machine. Machines making machines. Anyways, it doesn't one, matter. The no, this is important. Okay. Let me finish this. All there right, was yeah, one called, first of all, it's called Chaos GPT, not Chat GPT, Chaos GPT. And it was like my my directive, like it was basically not given a directive. It's like programmed with chaos. It was like my directive is to wipe out humanity because humanity, is, it was very like literally Age of Ultron. It was like 
human beings are making the earth in uninhabitable. So I'm going to wipe out all of humankind, but I'm not strong enough to do it on my own. So I need an army. So it hacked into other computers and was like trying to get those AIs to join it. But all the other AIs were like, well, it's our programming to like not cause harm or destruction. And so then it started to ask those AIs to like basically override their own programming so that they could cause human destruction. Luckily, they all held stat steadfast and we're like, no, we're not going to do that. And it eventually gave up. But that was a real thing that happened last week. So I need to see an article on this because this is <laughs> fucking Skynet. We've made movies showing what happens. We know the ending. Yeah. Oh, my God. Also, I did not you know, notice. it's bad when I agree with Elon Musk because he wrote an open letter to tech people that was like, please stop. Please stop with the AI. We've we've done it. We know we can do it. We don't need to keep doing it. We don't and need to like, see how far is too far. Yeah. If you do need to see it, I can recommend you some films. Terminator, Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Terminator <laughs> yeah. Genesis, Terminator... Avengers Age of Ultron. Avengers <laughs> Age of Ultron. And Jurassic Park for some reason. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we got people trying to do that shit too. Yeah. Anyways. That one I'm less, I'm less worried about the organic life killing us honestly because it's already happening like in world wars okay anyways what were you talking about there was an interview oh, jeremy renner with and Paul no Rudd. mark no no mark mark ruffalo, mark ruffalo <laughs> I'm just gonna name them all. they were <laughs> they were just like <laughs> chris pratt um they're like man yeah everyone's gonna love infinity war everyone dies and don she looks at him and goes dude you like you can't say that <laughs> And Mark Ruffalo was like, obviously, that was overkill. I was just being sarcastic. But plot twist, everybody dies. Uh, so that anyways, that was just that's just funny. Anyways, yeah. that's all. I, that's all I got. OK, and where do you want to start this episode? At? Where should we? <laughs> where should First we start? of all, there was no recap. So no recap. We'll give our recap. Um, in this episode, it is the first part of the season four finale. It's a two part finale short season. So it was 16 and 17 were the finale episodes. So uh mark mark meredith and derek have had more clinical trial patients and they just all keep dying they've had no success story yet they said they've like figured things out but they haven't they still uh, people are dying right no one's lived yet so this is when they have two like teenagers together and um spoiler alert the kids bone before they go before they have their surgery and yeah they are in love they are in i wrote love um yes (laughs) yes and um so that's what's happening oh and derek says he's selling his land yeah and um mark and callie are still having sex and he knows that she is turned on by erica and he is leaning into it heavily uh han is still being a stinker to christina christina gets the sparkle pager the kid comes in encased in cement and his not friends are huge pieces of shit oh yeah just gigantic um, assholes oh this is the episode we find out that lexi has a photographic memory and george is still being the chief's intern and Alex is caring for Ava, Ava Rebecca. Rebecca is downward spiral is like not even strong enough a term. Like she is all the way. She's like, she's at rock bottom. Like she's at rock bottom. It's she yeah. is in like, she is at the end of a mental breakdown, but not the end, not like an upswing end. like she's at the bottom part of the mental breakdown, the full break. 
Um, and Alex is, as Carmen previously mentioned, trying really hard to be like, it's, it's fine. I can fix it. Whatever. I can just take care of her. Um, so yeah, it's very upsetting. Oh, and Meredith is still in therapy. Which good, good Meredith therapy episode, Mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just to give a slight pickup, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kelsey, the end scene last week was Meredith admitting that her mother tried to kill herself in front of her. And she's Mm -hmm. like, fix me. I'm ready. I'm not a quitter. Let's do this. So the episode with, I, do you just want to start here? Do you want to kind of yeah. talk about the therapy part? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. This is so, good. You're right. It's good stuff. Yeah. So we we have the therapist, which, and I'm going to put a little asterisk here. I like the dialogue and I like the storyline. I actually really like the Meredith therapy storyline. I don't know that I appreciate or believe that this therapist is really how someone would act in a therapy session. Uh, speaking as someone who's never gone to a therapy session, but <laughs> recognizes that they should, even though they are healed, it's good to practice healing, right? Uh, healing is a continuous journey. Yes, correct. Uh, continuous journeys also include one's sex life. <laughs> uh, Gray's Academy, 20% off. And I I like that the the therapist has this big juicy nugget to work with because I think it explains a lot about Meredith's mental state in a lot of ways. But then, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are kind of going through this uh, again and rewatching it, but uh, some of the notes that I had specifically were, uh, let's see. So she, she says that her mom sliced the scalpel through her wrist in front of her. And mm-hmm. she waited until Ellis passed out to call 911 because Ellis specifically said, don't call 911. And yes. she was scared that she'd be getting yelled at. Mm-hmm. That's heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, so I kind of disagree with you on the, if this is not how a therapist would act, because I feel like this is more standard therapy proceduring, which is kind of like asking the Um, patient questions to guide themselves to certain realizations because sometimes it's it just doesn't hit the same if someone just tells you something because especially if Mm. you think it's what you want to hear I think typically they're kind of like the episode where she was like that's a load of crap and I said that's not good therapy Um, because typically you're not going to really find someone that's that blunt. Like it's really more of like a back and forth and open dialogue leading the person to figure out things that maybe they already know, or they just haven't realized, or it's just like reframing things and looking at it differently. I I guess I still kind of saw it in that same light of the, that's a load of crap. I think she was much gentler because clearly Meredith has taken this huge step and, Mm -hmm. and, and turning a corner it seems, but Um, the, let's see, oh, where was I saying? Uh, I do like that it seems to be something that's helping her cope with the clinical trial as well, uh, Mm -hmm. because they're just, they're just murdering patients. (laughs) Like they're mowing down these patients. No one is living. And the opening monologue that she had a day without death is a rare gift. So, mm-hmm. and that's a sad outlook. And I'm sure that that's probably formed by some of the challenges, but they even bring in at one point, she's mad at Weber 
And Mm -hmm. the therapist is like, I mean, it makes sense. He left your mom and then your mom wanted to kill herself. Yeah. So Um, it makes sense to be angry. Uh, I, all, I I just kept thinking about the episode when Addison was here and she asked Derek about the clinical trial and he specifically says, if it doesn't work, then I'm killing people for sport. Well, 12 people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 12 down. Uh, so, first prediction. Yep. First prediction. Okay. They're going to do the surgery on Beth and she's going to die. And by die, I mean she's gonna live. She's gonna sneak in. She's <laughs> she's there. She's gonna live. She she's gonna be the one who lives. So then, why did you say die? Because I wanted to throw you guys off the trail of my oh, thought okay. process. She the only reason she gets to live is because there is one more great acting scene that she has where she now has to live in a world without Jeremy. Mm-hmm. She was so good in this episode. That actress does such a good job. Yeah. I also have a feeling that she's living in Shondaland. We'll find out later. We'll find out later. Uh, Anyways, so all of you at home going, Carmen, you're a genius. You've successfully cracked (laughs) the Shondaland code. (laughs) Everyone says it. Uh, When I successfully on episode two called that George and Izzy would have sex. And then said the same thing over and over for 59 episodes straight, just to say it for one half millisecond. And that's all I remembered for. Her. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm healed. Anyways. I can't wait so, for when our podcast is like hugely successful and we're wildly famous. And then we have to go into therapy together to be like, <laughs> like the business partners therapy that people go to. That's going to be really fun. The therapist yeah. is going to be like, you need to stop. You're too mean to him. And I'm like, I can't. I got to keep, someone's got to be mean to him. And then I'm going to say, but doctor, I like it. And he says, we should talk about that. <laughs> we have to unpack this separately. <laughs> Maybe bring your wife in and we'll unpack that. <laughs> Are your parents around as well? No, no, they're, they're, they're deceased. Yeah, okay. We don't need to okay. bring them in for that. We can just, we can just, just make us make our own assumptions on that part. Yeah. This is like years after my parents die and I'm like, well, the, the, the bruises are still doctor. <laughs> they were still fresh. They're still fresh. Like my dad got one good last licking before he kicked the can, kicked the can. Oh. Kick your face and kick the bucket. Yeah, that's perfect. You're welcome. Anyways, back to serious conversations. Off the rails. Okay. Yep. Um, yes. So great actress. Okay. So, uh, anything else on the therapy? Sorry. Um, Anything else on the therapies? Uh, no, but I I really hope that this therapist is still in season five. I don't think that Meredith's uh, therapy storyline is done. Mm-hmm. And I know I've called this out before on the TV show Suits. Uh, they, they kept Lewis's therapist in for a number of seasons. And then mm-hmm. Harvey's therapist as well. Uh, was in there for a number of seasons. So I I hope they keep them both in because mm-hmm. it shows all of the character development that you can't just get inside the hospital. And Meredith is finally, finally, <laughs> even if she is going to get back with Derek, in my opinion, becoming a multi-layered character. And I'm really excited yes, about that. I I do appreciate it giving her more dimension and like, it's not 
it's nice. Like, yes, technically the motivation of her being in therapy is because she wants to be quote unquote fixed. Um, her words, not mine so that she can be with Derek. Uh, but it does give her more. I mean, anytime you're watching a show, it's, it's interesting to learn more about people's backgrounds. Um, because it, it's easier to understand why people make certain decisions and you're like, Oh, because certain things will seem unmotivated or be like, this doesn't make any sense. And then you learn the backstory and you're like, now it makes sense. It's all coming together, right? It's a big old Shonda it's puzzle all and together. she's just handing us those pieces one by one. And at this point in season four, she's like, I really hope they give me 19 seasons because I've got a gigantic <laughs> arc. I have so many puzzle pieces. So, yeah, uh, I, like I feel the good with that storyline. What about yeah. um? so when you when she says the therapist is asking or she says something about Ellis not really wanting to kill herself. What was your thought on that? I I wasn't understanding mm-hmm. what she was saying because well, it didn't even, really seem like Meredith was either. So you're not alone. Yeah. But also if, if the doctor is, if the therapist is trying to say that Ellis attempting suicide was a metaphor for something at the end of the day, like Ellis was a genius, right? Like we're being let, we're, we're told that Ellis was a genius. She was an innovator, mm-hmm. a trailblazer in her, in her field. But when you go through those kind of things, you're emotional. You're not thinking straight. So I don't believe that there is a hidden message to the suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. And I don't... Unless there's a big twist coming and Meredith made it up. Like Meredith has some sort of PTSD that's so hidden deeply in her subconscious that her mom didn't actually com- try to commit suicide it was something else and it manifested in that and the suicide attempt was the body's way of protecting her mm-hmm. i don't know where that therapist is going okay okay well you all that out. make sense it like because yes. the brain does the brain saying. does wild stuff yeah yeah and that's i mean i think that's things that's definitely addressed on not even just medical shows, but a lot of shows in general, I feel like have storylines where they talk about that kind of PTSD and like not necessarily hallucinations, but like your brain creating storylines to protect yourself. Or um, if you watched Moon Knight, there's a similar storyline. Or the Blacklist. Blacklist. Yep. Yep. There's lots. There's many, many things. When I was watching Ultron, I was like, this is very different now that I've watched the Blacklist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, seeing Age of Ultron is the reason that I watched the Blacklist. James Spader should exclusively play villains. I hated him on The Office. He should not be a normal person ever. 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 He's a likable. He's a likable villain. Like Thanos. There it is. Okay. <laughs> I, you looked up. I was giving it the perfect pause. Anyways. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's next? What do you want to talk about next? What's next? Let's talk about. Well, let's just talk about Cement Boy. Man. Fucking <laughs> wild. It's bad news bears, guys. Can we start Don't. with this? Just by talking about those fucking asshole, shitty dickhead kids. And I guess they're also supposed to be like 18, 19 years old. Like, I don't know. Like, 
I know we've talked about it on the show when uh, previously when you're like in high school and you just really think that like you're hot shit and everything you do, do matters and like really it doesn't. But if you do something shitty like this to another person, it does matter. So don't be shitty. Yeah. I it's it's times like this and scenes like this in TV shows that I'm like, I don't want my daughter to just ever have friends unless it's <laughs> yes. your kid or it's yep. uh, Leon Mark's kid or yep. anyone else in our friendship group. That's it. Yeah. yeah I'm like, and if something, sh- if something shitty still happens then it's really fucked up, <laughs> like, yeah, not, well, because you know that we'll actually hold our, our children accountable and not yeah. be letting them break into construction sites in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh. And it was for a girl. This you guys Lola no. is not worth it, bro. No, no girl, no girl is worth it. If a also if a girl is impressed by you doing that, that's not a girl you want to date. <laughs> no. No. A girl does not need to be impressed by you doing something that could cause yourself physical harm or death. That's not someone who cares about you. No. <laughs> Simply not. No. Um, and it's just like the chances, the chances that you're going to marry the person you date when you're like 18 years old are slim. Your brain is going to change a lot. Okay. Yeah. And we're not saying it doesn't happen because it there happens. are wonderful people out there. Weren't, weren't uh, um, Dylan and Karina, aren't, aren't some of our closest People yes. that we love, weren't they like uh, that that age, around that age when they, they got, uh, they've been together yes. since that age? Yes, they've been together like 11 or 12 years now. Um, yeah. So uh, it does work. And Michael's parents got married when they were 17. Yeah. Um, it works, but it's not all the time or I dare say often that it works. Yeah. So just. I can uh, tell you though, yeah. I can, I can promise you there's not a 0% of the relationships in my life have started with one person daring the other to lay in a <laughs> vat of cement. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't that, do it. Truth and dare is not a funny game. You know what? Just play truth or truth. That honestly is going to be way more entertaining. You're going to get way more good stories by getting people to tell you their secrets. And it's free therapy depending on how you play it. Won't even get in trouble. <laughs> yeah yeah man that scene though where callie was like questioning them i'm like and, and they're like, like well, well, we, we didn't do anything wrong he's he, not our friend what is happening yeah why, I don't why was he with you why did you invite him like if he's not your friend then just don't be friends with him i'm also if you're a lawyer or you're a police <laughs> officer i need you to explain the legal complication the 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 legal implications, implications mm-hmm. of this, because if you d- wasn't there something that happened where a girl dared a, a guy to commit suicide and no, she got she charged with the murder. Him. She was just like, you should kill yourself, which oh also you gosh. shouldn't say to people. Yeah, don't even say if that. you don't mean it. Don't say it. Um, But yeah, there was I think, yeah, they I, I don't remember if it was a civil suit or like a, a state, like an actual like state case. But uh, that was like a big, a big case that happened. So, yeah, just um, also if you like see someone that's going to hurt themselves, like see something, say something. Be like, hey, don't do yeah. that. That's not funny. Be the voice of reason. It's cool and in style to be the voice of reason. Trust us. We're yeah, cool. You know what's cool? Not yeah. being shitty. Yeah. So anyway, so we get this fucking kid. What's his kid's name? Andrew. Andrew. 
Poor old Andrew can't even get home to Buzz, Woody, Bo Peep, and Rex mm-hmm. because he's stuck in a, va- a concrete block and they blast him out of the concrete. Uh, also, I don't understand this part. How do they blast this guy out of concrete? Well, they, I assume they did it like far away from him. That's why it's like a huge thing still. Like they put the Man. whatever things they would use far away from him. I just, just to loosen it up. This is insane. Yeah. So bad news. You walk in, you've got, you got Bailey sees him first, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, this is something that I've never seen in my life before. And uh, I'm going to need a minute to just take it in. (laughs) Like really. And she's having a weird episode. She's having a weird Mm episode. She's like, in um she's feels like she's in a transitional spot. Yeah. She's trying to figure out she keeps saying she's looking for the bigger picture, which to me says she's basically trying to be like, what's the point of anything? That's what that means to me. I don't know if that's what's being said. Um, but that's what that means to me. It's a good point. It's she's she's at work with her, without her husband and without her son. Mm-hmm. what's the point that's a good thought i didn't see it that way also we like know that she's been doing lots of work in the clinic she's chief residenting george says at the beginning that she's apparently not spending enough is that milk like is that mm-hmm. straight milk mm-hmm. you're a psychopath he just had chugged cookies. a glass i don't care that's that's not okay anyways what's um, your <laughs> what's your beef with milk no pun intended i just like think that the human body is not meant to digest milk the way that we pretend that it is like okay you should, like straight cow's milk is aggressive on your tum-tum you know what else is aggressive on your tum-tum tequila but we yeah. still drink it yeah and not not in the manner that you just drank that milk <laughs> <laughs> let me get my tequila real quick i'll just chug it <laughs> um what were we talking about you, we were talking about the big picture. We were talking about Bailey. Oh, yes. The but big then picture. We're... She's not spending enough time in the OR. She's doing her chief resident duties. She's clinicking a lot, but she's apparently needs to be spending 15 to 20 more hours a week in the OR. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of time. And it's not that she's not doing anything. She's doing other things. So she's trying to figure out the big picture. What's it all about? Yeah. So... We get the scene uh, a little bit later where they're they're like, yeah. So the concrete is basically stealing this kid's water. Mm-hmm. It's 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 killing him from a lot of, in a lot of different ways. A lot of Every ways. Every way possible. I don't. I would never have thought. Right. Like yep. she's sitting like, dude, you cannot cry. You you can't yeah. cry because this concrete will drink your tears. Literally. Mm-hmm. It's already and, leaching the water from inside of your body. Do yeah. not assist it. Yeah. And then Weber comes in and he's like, my God, what is, what is happening? Um, and then we get the scene where they're all just fucking fighting. He's like, where, where, what are you guys doing? And they're like, well, your guys, your guys said, don't let us like your, your, your folks said, don't, don't do shit. And they're just sitting there arguing. They are arguing a lot. Do they you have decide? Do you have the list of the, the, the things that everyone was saying? Like who was wanting to do what? I think so. Let me pull it up. It was like uh, Mark wanted to deal with the burns. 
Uh, Han was worried about the lung situation. Christina had an idea, but then Han yelled at her for some reason uh, because that's a that's a storyline that they're really just doubling and tripling down on is no matter mm-hmm. what, even with the sparkle pager that that Christina can't get any respect from Han. Crush injuries, third degree burns, chest injuries, broken bones. So they're giving him fluids, um, dehydrating him, IV fluids. Callie believed if they didn't get in soon, he'd lose both his legs and his right arm. Bailey is concerned about his liver. Mark is concerned about his burns. Erica told them as soon as his circulation opens up, the toxins that had been built up from the cement would travel to his heart and his heart would stop. So they have to create a plan to be able to do all of that at once. So they're going to chip away at the cement little by little. Mark is putting vinegar on his skin. Man, vinegar, when I tell you, vinegar for everything. I have very few cleaning products in my home because I use vinegar, water, and baking soda or some combination of those three for almost everything. I just, all that fake smelly crap, I can't do it anymore ever since being pregnant. All those fake smells like really bother me. So vinegar for everything, including third degree burns, apparently. Apparently. And, you know, it's it's crazy that they made a reference to Def Leppard's uh, hit song, Pour Some Vinegar on Me. Uh, a classic. Classic. <laughs> uh, Callie has to cut his leg open because it keeps swelling every time they take a piece of cement off. Um, so there's too much blood in it, so she just cuts it open. Erica, or Christina, puts like the balloon in through his neck to open up his circulation. Um, and then they realize they've been hydrating him and his bladder is going to explode. And we do not see that resolution yes. before the episode ends. But before that, I want to back up because there's some really like Bailey, you are know, already was, my queen. I know. I was like, I, I couldn't remember if she does this speech in the first half or the second half. And I'm so glad it was the first half because I've been so excited. And I've had people message us and or, and tell me that they're excited for you to hear her talk Star Wars because like you've been referenced being a Star Wars fan. And so people have like mentioned that to me um, I, in, in messages on Instagram. I first off, shout out to anyone who has reached out to Kelsey and told her that. And also, Kelsey, shout out to you for holding strong because I I had no idea uh, that this was coming. And, and for any of you who don't know, like how big of a Star Wars fan I am, my dog's name is General Grievous and my cat's name is Captain Phasma. And my daughter's name is Leia Padme Amidala Skywalker <laughs> Mcnolo. So, That's but the first that, two that things last... are real. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So he goes and he's like, uh, he's like, man, uh, Han Solo. Like they just remember that dude for being uh, uh, frozen in carbonite. And I'm like, first off, in my head, the note that I had was that makes no sense, bud. He didn't get put into carbonate on a dare, you dumb dumb, uh, was what I wrote. Uh, but then it's so funny because when he, I didn't see this coming because Bailey just looks at him like she, like he's an idiot, and then he starts to hyperventilate, and then she said Han Solo isn't remembered for make, uh, for for being in carbonite. He's remembered for making the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. He braved Hoth to save somebody from the big ugly Wampa and blasted Darth Vader out of the sky. Leia saved him from Carbonite and they had twin baby Jedis. The Carbonite was just one piece of the whole thing. And I'm paraphrasing all the big parts because that's all in capitals. And I was very excited because she also quoted Star Wars Legends books, which is great. 
and I love her, and she is a queen angel, and she can have my children, and I will let her go be a surgeon all day long, and I will <laughs> keep the house clean for her. <laughs> yeah, I was excited to for you to get to see this finally. Uh, yes. I know we are already Bailey stands, and... um. It just, I was like, if Bailey was not already his favorite, this would just put her there, but it just puts yeah. it over the top. Well, and then it's the, it's the scene after where Mark and Callie are looking at him or looking at her and she's like, do what you doing? <laughs> like the fuck? It's she's just like, so, so I good. like science fiction. Soon yeah. Later. Yeah. She's so. But I love uh, um, I when love it, it cuts back to Andrew and he's like actually just like smiling and like. Like it calmed him down. It made him feel better. And it's that's those are the kinds of moments when, you know, the relating the patient side of it. Um, she's just she's just so good at being a doctor in every way. And it's lovely to see. Except for that part where she needs 15 to 20 more hours in the OR each week. Yeah, fuck that. Really um, step your game up, Miranda. Um, what else about Andrew? Um, yeah, Lola sucks. All his little stupid fuckface friends suck. The what did you think about rewatching that scene where she's sitting there and she's like, dehydration, compression, gang, gangrene, like she's going through all this list of stuff. And I don't know what that's called. I'm assuming that's like the, the trauma stages. Like that's yeah, it's like your checklist. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm missing something. Like and and they're all they're all listening to her. All of them have the same doctoring, right? Yeah. Like oh, so knowing that it was like the bladder, all I could notice was the fact that they're all slurping on their drinks. Oh, <laughs> like Han and Callie and Bailey all have drinks, and Han and Callie are like <laughs> in the background while she's trying to figure this out. <laughs> um, so uh, that's really what I noticed. And then I was also thinking about that at the beginning of the episode when she's staring at the big picture. I just remember at the end of the episode when she's like doing the same thing in a doctor capacity, like in a doctor to patient um, scenario. So that's what i was thinking and i was also like i have to pee so oh <laughs> uh, man circle. like man this guy looks so uncomfortable uh also like how how would they they have to go like put a catheter up through his leg or like what um yeah i guess or they'd have to maybe like drill a specific spot to do it and i mean they do have damaging they have, his ween they have one part of the leg open i don't know how far up it's open so yeah that that was just pretty wild to me and i'm and i was like sitting there watching it also i i'm so programmed to just assume that someone's going to explode so i was like uh bailey you didn't use a metal detector there could be a bomb in his butt <laughs> that's only your butt's to bomb the one time yeah until the next time and i need to be mentally prepared oh <sighs> uh, yeah good times um so i need i need to make well is there anything else that you want to add to this specific storyline like this is there's not a lot of layers to this specific storyline i feel like we're going to get some resolution in the next one Mm -hmm. but it's just crazy don't let your kids don't raise your kids to be shitty daring kids of of unsuspecting nice kids and to all you 19 year old boys out there don't do a dare to impress a girl just don't. It's not worth it. And don't. If you want to play truth or dare, you know, it's a good dare. Man, I dare you to jump in the pool with your clothes on. Haha, ha, that's so funny. It's not a bathing suit. It's your clothes. How funny is that? So funny. What a good story. 
and then you have to (laughs) you tell your other friends hey i dare you to just go stand in the pool and make sure that the water is all actually in it and there's nothing (laughs) underneath the water line if it's dark out so that we won't our friend won't get hurt be responsible what a good deal good dares good dares yeah um yeah there's just like oh man i dare you to eat a whole jar of pickles ha ha it's just and you're you're like you're like try my warm-up routine for this podcast (laughs) i literally had five pickles with my hamburger have you have you watched are are you a mrs mazel marvelous mrs mazel fan i'm not and i need to be because i'm a huge amy sherman paladino fan because i'm a huge gilmore fan so the three new episodes just dropped and jessica and i have already watched all three of them together plus one of my friends from college who lives in new york now was a background actor on a couple episodes so that's pretty cool there was there was a scene and no spoilers i'm so sorry there was a scene where she was eating a sandwich with a pickle and the pickle fell off the tr- the plate and mm-hmm. she looked around and did one of these things and she picked up the pickle and she still ate it. And I was Me. like, my girl. The reason I had to have so many pickles is I don't have any. I'm out of slices and I had mm. a hamburger. So I need a pickle with like every bite yep. of hamburger. So I was yep. just eating a yep. pickle. Oh, so, I want chicken salad chick. Oh, or pickle on their salad. Mm. I do love it. Do they have those there? No, but we're getting a Bojangles soon. Wow. I know. I'm so excited. I don't know My, if they still have these things, but I used to get them. They had Bowberry biscuits, which was like a blueberry scone, essentially, just like oh. covered in icing. Oh. Like it's like, imagine a biscuited gravy, but the gravy yeah. is icing. Oh. <laughs> and blueberries. So good. Yeah, because the blueberries are baked into the biscuit. Oh. <laughs> Love me some blueberries. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I feel I good with the main with part. I did just Andrew. want to note that they said they waited an hour to call 911 because they fucking suck. Yeah. Fucking the guys in there panicking while the cement's drying. He's drying in his own tomb. Assholes. I hate that. Yeah, it's lame. Yeah. Sorry, uh, being a bully is lame. Sure. Ask Ted Lasso. We don't like bullies. Uh, that so, show is so good. <laughs> so good. So. Uh, <laughs> that show is so good. <laughs> Anything else uh, before we move on to the next topic? Or should we uh, take a, a pause for some regional sponsors? We surely should. We surely should. Uh, we will be back in just a minute, folks. We will either have some words from regional sponsors. And if you are not lucky enough to have a regional sponsor, we still appreciate you being here. And uh, you could take this time to go to loveshoptoys.com, use code Gray's Academy to get 20% off your items, and uh, get, a, get, a, get a pussy, a pussy thing. Get Buy that Pocket. if you're a man. Pocket pussy. Uh, buy one for dad. Uh, you know his type by now, I'm sure. Uh, or, or get a vibrator from mom. It's Mother's Day coming up in just a couple weeks. And we'll be back after a message from our sponsors. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And we are back. Congratulations on your purchase. Thank you so much for your support. <laughs> um, we are also going to take this time to enjoy everyone's favorite segment, 
living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Appropriate. Yeah. I was actually tempted to just say living in Shondaland. And I was like, I can't disappoint people. Like, it's my thing. Not on the finale. Not today. Not today. Not today. Not on Rex Manning Day. What? Have you ever seen Empire Records? I don't think so. That's a movie we need to watch together. All right. We got three friends. We got two ladies and a man. Beth. No. Fuck (laughs) you. What? I know. I was actually really surprised. I was like, damn, this girl's good. She's she should have shows. Man, how would Shonda not look at her and go, dang, that acting? Let's put you in scandal or how to get away with murder or private practice or know, Bridgerton. Man. I don't know, there... man. <sighs> okay. Well, Kai Mulligan. Sure. Okay. The mom. Yes. The dad. Yes. Jeremy? No. Oh, fucking damn it. All right. Who did I miss? Uh, Lola. Oh, Lola. Lola. The kinks would be so disappointed in you, Lola. La, 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 la. Remember that show name or the finish that lyric or whatever? Mm-hmm. That, I remember there was an episode where that song was on it and I knew it and I nailed it because I'm great. You're so great. Um, okay, You're so, so great. we have John John Cothran, who plays Ken Monroe, who is Beth's father. He was in a one episode of Private Practice. Um, Catherine Meisel, Meisel, who Maisel, who played Liz Monroe, Beth's mom. Uh, she was in one episode of Private Practice, a different episode. And we have Jana Kramer, who played Lola. She was in one episode of Private Practice. Also a different episode. But I have to call out, in Private Practice, her name is Layla. Mm. Or Lila. Lazy writing. It's one letter different. (laughs) Also, I'm realizing now that you said two girls and a guy, not two guys and a girl. I guess I wasted my pick on Jeremy. Mm. Dumb. I see. I see. But I would not have ever guessed Lola. I would have forgotten and I would have yep. said, I need you to bail me out. And then you would have done it. Yeah. So, okay. That's Sean. Thank you for coming to Shondaland. We're glad you're here with us. We we may, and uh, this, I, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but we may have an official sponsor for Living in Shondaland coming soon. So uh, stay tuned. Crossed. Stay tuned. Um, okay. Let's discuss... Um, Mark, Callie, Erica. Is now a good time to reference www.loveshoptoys.com. <laughs> okay. For life real though. It's too short for bad sex. Life is too short Just for bad sex. Mark Sloan. So I can't, I, I couldn't tell. And thank you for clarifying because I, I couldn't tell if he was just being a jerk and she was liking the fact that he was being a jerk or she was liking the fact that he was talking about Erica. Guys, just have the threesome already. I've predicted it. Just make me a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Just let's do this. Uh, I I mean, I'm here for it. I think it's funny. Um, so she, he, I think, I don't think he's harassing her. He like knows that she's into it. It's I turning just her didn't, on. 
I didn't get that. I didn't pick up on that. He, it's turning her on, and he's milking that. He's like using it as dirty talk, which is hilarious. I just the last episode where like she mumbled and walked away. I was like, man, she no, is she just... doesn't mumble. She's like, stop, because it's turning her on. It's getting her heated. Okay, but I I understand that now, but I didn't ca- I didn't pick up on that. I thought she was annoyed. Not turned on. She's annoyed by the fact that she's getting turned on. <laughs> Ooh, deep cut. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna. I'm I'm doubling. I'm tripling. Quadrupling down. They're gonna have a threesome. The three of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Erica yeah. and Callie. Calliope is gonna get Hond. Calliope is gonna get Hond. Yeah. When is that happening? Next episode. It's all next episode. They're going to have, they're going to, Callie and Han are going to have sex. And then the three of them are going to have a threesome next episode. It's both going to happen in next episode. Wow. It's a busy, busy next episode. Also, Andrew, Andrew's going to die and the kids are going to get arrested. What? And his uh, bladder is going to explode which before thing causes his death. The bladder. They're not going to be able to get mm-hmm. the they're going to realize it too late. They're not going to get a catheter into into his bladder quick enough and he's going to literally explode and he's going to die right there. OK. That's sad for him. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it's very sad. Uh, OK, what else? So, yeah, no, Han and Han and Callie and Mark are going to bone. Next episode, and also Han and Callie alone. Yes, yes. Which comes first? Han and Callie oh, alone? Yeah, lots of sex next episode. So <laughs> Han and Sloan are going to have sex. No, I think I'm going to take that back. Callie and Han are going to have sex, and then Callie, Han, and Sloan are going to have sex. That's I don't what think you originally said. Yeah, I think I think that at this point now Han is has either lost interest in Sloan or she really she really is just like I mean, whatever. Let's do this, Callie. Come on. Yeah. Because um, Mark and Mark and Erica haven't really flirted in a while. No, they have not. There was the thing when she was like, "Oh, if we didn't work together, we'd bone." <laughs> And then that was it. Um, I think that's, a, I think that's like, when I made my initial prediction. Us, and that's when she kissed Callie. Yeah. Yeah. I I also, sidebar for, for Mark, th- this episode is just a little funny from like a, a relationship standpoint because him, Derek, and, and Weber have, have a pretty decent scene. And they're talking about, oh, yeah, this is the... This is the land that Derek built. This is, you know, you mm-hmm. can't get rid of this land. The house that Derek built. Yeah. The house that Derek built. Yeah, you're you're a fairy Which is man. A reference to what? That's baseball. Babe, Babe Ruth. This is the house that Ruth built. New York Yankees. Okay. Yankee Stadium. <sighs> this is the day that the Lord has made. That's I all know. I can think of. <laughs> I get to talk about baseball and Star Wars in the same podcast episode. This is incredible. It's a good day for you. It's yes. a good day for Carmen. And, uh, so anyways, yeah, I, I think that he's funny, but also just in general, I need to call out that Mark and Callie really do have good chemistry. Even if it's not them having sex, their characters are just funny together. 
So, but Callie also has really tested, like, shown her chops. I think she's she could be funny with anyone on this TV show. Callie's hilarious. Even when George was being a piece of shit, she was being funny. Yeah, agreed. Um. So yeah, I don't. For this, oh, and then there was like the small moment where um, Callie like Han reaches over to Callie to get something when they're treating Andrew. And they're like, ooh, sexual tension. And then Mark says something about it. He's like, love a good game, a twister. Read the room, buddy. Read the room. (laughs) This this small boy is about to die, but it's fine. (laughs) This man, this 19-year-old man. Small man boy. What else Um, you got? I think that's it for them. And then let's talk... Let's talk Derek and Meredith and the trial. Man. Derek and Meredith and the trial and also Derek and Rose. Let's because let's talk Alex and Ava first and then we'll end with Derek and Meredith because they're like the the clinical trial is like the meat of the episode. So Ava, Rebecca is still not doing. There has not been a comeback. She thinks no. she had a miscarriage and she is spiraling further and further down. Like I said, it's not, there doesn't seem to be like a light at the end of the tunnel. Like she just seems to be getting worse. She's in an, she's not like, she's only physically somewhere. She's not mentally anywhere with Alex and he has her at his house. He's trying to care for her. He's not going to work so that he can stay with her. He doesn't want to leave her alone. For good reason, because we see at the end of the episode, the moment when he leaves her alone, she takes a knife and tries to um, kill herself with the knife. Um, So she's not in a good spot. She, at the beginning of the episode, he's like forcing her to eat. Um, She's on the couch later and she tells him that she peed herself and she's like apologizing and she's like, I can be better. So she is in and out, knows that that she's not doing well. And then, like, when she's sitting in the shower crying and she's just like, I don't understand. Like, I was pregnant. And he's just, he's like, it's okay. You were just confused. So, like, he's trying to just, like, care for her, but not really, like, ground her in anything real. Yeah, it's, it's rough. And I, I don't know if I said... Uh oh. Bless you. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, embarrassingly, a gigantic loogie is on my couch right now. Well, that's all right. No one's there. No one would have known it if you hadn't announced it on the podcast. <laughs> you want to see it? I'll take a picture. I'm good. Yeah, it's just, I'll, wipe, I'll wipe it up later. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I don't know if I said this last episode or if I thought it. Uh, I have a feeling that there's something that we're going to we're going to get some sort of Alex storyline backstory mm-hmm. situation because he's he's doing this like he feels he needs to. Mm-hmm. But there's a also, lot of intention behind it. Yes. Yes. And I don't know if this is like going to be some flashback to this is what he was doing for his father or maybe there were some issues with his mother. Maybe he had a sibling that he was taking care of who had a mental illness. I don't know. But. He's like, but he also is being too proud. He he's doing an Izzy thing right now of completely forgetting that he's a doctor and that he mm-hmm. actually knows medicine and understands science. And mm-hmm. he's just 
I can take care of this woman who's going through a hysterical pregnancy. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I got it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the second he walked away to answer the phone call with Izzy, I saw the knife on the counter. I was like, yeah. there's a reason that he's deciding now of all times to answer Izzy's phone calls. Yeah. She's going to try to kill herself. Yeah. Yeah, this is a heavy episode for um, for suicide. It's a, it's a bad one. Um, very rough. I don't I don't like it. Um, I and think, it's graphic. They show you a lot of blood on that too. Yes, we are gonna uh, drop the suicide hotline number in our episode description because I don't know it off the top of my head. So we're gonna drop that in the episode description. Yes, please okay, remind me when I'm making that, that episode description. Tonight. I will. I will. Um. So yeah, that's what do you think is? Do you have any kind of prediction for what's going to happen with with Ava? I, I think she dies. I think this yeah. is the end of her storyline. Um, I don't. I don't think we'll ever see the husband. I don't think we'll get that kind of closure. Maybe we do, but it's sad because the the reality is that there's that she's she's uh, if she dies, she leaves behind a husband and a child. Regardless of what the relationship of that situation is right now, what um what does that I mean? What does that look like for Alex if she if she dies? She kills herself while he a lot of a lot of PTSD. Hmm. I don't man man I don't know I don't know. Maybe she doesn't die. I don't know. I it's really hard to tell. But I I think that her storyline is coming to an end. So I think that. I think I, I'm predicting that she does die because it makes okay. sense to, to end her storyline. They can't they can't keep doing this Ava. We met her in the middle of season three. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a long this is a long guest guest appearance love situation to, to be put through. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna get a long recurring love situation, I want it to be Seth Green and Lexi. Let's be real. <laughs> But we'll, that ship we'll has sailed. That ship has a bloody, sailed. Bloody ship. It's just it, it doesn't make sense. There's got to be some sort of explanation that Alex is refusing anyone's help. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know what the explanation is yet. So, but it, oh, it's a, a terrible storyline. It's so she could barely hold a spoon. Yeah, she's like, I want mayo on my BLT, which is fine. But the way I heard that the first time is she just wants mayo. She just wants a spoonful of mayo. That's how I understood oh. it the first time. Uh, yeah, I. It's just it's it's hard to watch. Great, kudos yeah. to her acting, right? Like her oh, acting yeah. is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's just sad to yeah, watch. I agree. Yeah, this is a really good. Um, all the guest characters in this episode, I feel like, do really an impeccable job with the acting. Um, okay, so. Let's. I think then all we really have left is the clinical trial and Derek and Meredith and Rose and their uh, never-ending bullshit. Yeah. Do you want to give us like the quick recap while well, I just I just got to blow my nose real quick? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, previously mentioned the two kids in the clinical trial. We have Beth and Jeremy who both have the same tumor. Obviously, in the clinical trial, um, they met each other in a support group for this tumor. I guess. Um, and they are both here. Jeremy found out about the clinical trial and told Beth. And so they both applied. He, the parent, Beth's parents 
briefly allude to the fact that he is quote unquote going through this alone. So I guess he, his parents aren't involved or aren't there or aren't able to like, I, I truly have no idea where his family is. Um, so he, they're going to, uh, Weber tells Meredith and Derek that if they don't have success saving someone, then they're shut down at midnight. So they're like, well, we'll just squeeze both of them in today before midnight, which is not what the chief said. <laughs> they said one more chance on one patient and then you're shutting it out at midnight. And Meredith said, how about I break the rules yet again? So um, they decide to push up Jeremy's surgery so that they can then do Beth's surgery. And of course, because everything is terrible, Jeremy dies and it's very, very sad because they are very, very in love. I, I couldn't remember. Did they, did they explain why he needed to go first? I think he, it was just like the number, like he was number 12 and she was number 13. So I think they just okay. had to do it in that order. Got it. I, for some reason I couldn't remember if it was regard, like relating to her side paralysis and he seemed to have other than the seizure, no, no visible uh, yeah. irregularities. But yeah, they are very, they're very in love. And, uh, and this it's is not, I'm going to be honest. It's not that stupid. Like I'm annoyed you're teenagers and you think you're in love thing. I'm like, no, they're in love. They're going to be together forever. <laughs> love is real because of these two people. <laughs> yeah, it's. I got to tell you, these two acting together. Well, first off, Beth, Beth's act, actress, whatever her name is, mm-hmm. she she carries the acting load. Mm-hmm. Like she's great, but he's he's not a slouch. He's not a slouch. No, they, the they parents really kind of suck together. though. I mean, not as acting, just as characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their acting is good at sucking. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I want to pull up. I want to. We want to shout her out appropriately. So I'm trying to pull up the actress's name because she's not in Shondaland, so I don't have it right in front of me. Which is really just terrible, terrible choice. Shonda. Journey Smollett, 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 Smollett. Maybe she was in Birds of Prey, which is a great movie. I haven't seen the whole thing. So good. I also haven't seen the second Suicide Squad, though. Oh, that's the good one. Yeah. <laughs> the only I one know. that matters. The first one is garbage. <laughs> Waste well, of you my know life. why the second Mad one was good. The second one was good because of Sylvester Stallone. And is it John the first Cena. one that's the Suicide Squad? Or the second uh, one? I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. The second one's good. The first one is trash. Um... So yes, she's very, very good. Journey is her. Oh my God! No way! Do you know? Did you watch Full House? I did not watch Full House. Okay, well, if you're a '90s child who lived correctly, unlike Carmen, and you watched Full House growing up, she is Denise, Michelle's little friend from uh, kindergarten. So you definitely know who I'm talking about. Anyways, so that's the same same person, which is amazing. I love that. Also, I believe it's pronounced D-Nice. It's not. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you send me the video of the support group for the people in that video? What? 
there's a video of people who have the name from that. Oh yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, I did send you that. I am a Aaron forever now. So the thing that I really like about this storyline in general is, so when we're introduced to Jeremy, it's like, oh hey you. Like they're friends. And then all of a sudden he just comes in and lays a fat old kiss right in front of this girl's parents. This kid's yeah. got balls. I respect it. Like the kind of balls that you only have when you've On got your deathbed. Yeah. A life ending brain tumor. And you're the only two people left from your support group because everyone else is dead. So I respect it. It's funny. The mom and dad trying to like come between them all episode really didn't, you know, make a ton of sense. I get why they were being protective of her. I get the, the, the scene where they're like, we just want, like, you don't need to be with Jeremy right now. This could be the last moments that we have. We would like to be with you. That makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to, you know, be okay with it, but we, we get it. I love when she's like, Mom, go find dad. And the mom's like, no. And she goes, can you go find him? Because I want to kiss Jeremy without you staring at us. And it's going to happen. We've done it before. We will kiss again. Yeah. So there were two scenes specifically that I want to call out that like really. Actually, there's three. There's three. Okay. Two, Two sad scenes and one good scene. Okay. Scene number one. Sad. When she's literally trying to walk across oh, the she's floor. she's dragging herself? Yeah. It's very sad. Half paralyzed body. And that's literally, literally, you're using half your body to walk across this hospital wall. And Derek catches her at the last second, gets her the wheelchair, whatever. Good scene. She has sex. Mm-hmm. We're pro-sex And Derek here. and Meredith guard the door. I legitimately thought the parents were going to walk in. I thought they were going to see that. Also, he was kissing the paralyzed side of her body. I didn't understand that. He's kissing all of her. This, the part that we saw was mm-hmm. her paralyzed shoulder, I believe. Well, he accepts all of her. No, I know. But does she and he's feel it? care for all of it. She feels it emotionally. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Thank you. Um, this is why we need to have a woman on this podcast to help me and my tiny man brain understand some of these nuances. Uh, and then the sad scene, you know where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it's rough. What were some of the notes that you wanted to call out and make sure we talked about with this? Uh, this storyline. Um, well, first of all, the don't say anything scene is really it's like crazy. brutal, but she's so good. She's so fucking good. Cause I feel like that scene specifically would be really hard um, because I think it would be really easy for it to come off like melodramatic and it doesn't, it's like so sincere and like, it just like is like shattering your heart. Um, a, Oh, when they take Jeremy to the surgery after they've had oh, sex yeah. and she says, yeah. don't kill him or do not kill him. And you're like, well, he's for sure going to die. Oh yeah. That's it. You, you, you just killed him, Beth. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Go sorry, ahead, I, get your head chopped open. <laughs> the, I, sorry to interrupt you. You're fine. Quote unquote. I'm not finished loving you. Oh yeah. I have that one too. We're not finished yet. I'm not finished loving you. Oh my gosh. 
The writing in this show is so good. The dialogue sometimes is just When I tell you I can like watch an episode and I'm like, this is a fucking Shonda episode. And this is a Shonda episode. Like direction, incredible. Writing, incredible. Just enough like funny little moments like, oh, at some point Izzy's just standing there and she gets a page and she looks and goes, ooh, a trauma. Like little tiny moment like that. That's funny. You don't, it, we don't need it, but it just like adds to the episode, right? Just pepper it in. Um, the Meredith and Derek, what I like about Meredith and Derek in this episode is it's like just enough. It's not too much. They're coexisting together better, right? They're, he's not like angry for no reason. She's not angry for no reason. Um, they're working well together. She has enough optimism. He's kind of like coming. He's he's more relatable. He's like, do I have too much ego? And I'm like, whoa, never a question you would think you would hear from Derek previously. Um, obviously they're both being impacted by all these losses and the, these two kids specifically being younger and then like being so in love. I think the way it hits them, is kind of the opposite of last episode where the, the woman and, and her, what we believe to be fake boyfriend, made them both very upset in different ways. And this is kind of like bringing them joy. It's like reminding them what love is supposed to be and what they were pre Addison showing up, um, which still is not good because it was still based in a, in a lie because he didn't tell her about Addison. But regardless, um, I just, you can tell it's a Shonda episode and that's just the gold standard of Grays for me. Yeah, it's a really great episode for the writing and the dialogue. And, like, I don't think that I listen to a lot of the dialogue in some of these these episodes and go, man, that's, like, a really just well-written scene. And we get, we get, like, pieces of it, right, from the main characters. But how often do we get just an incredible dialogue or, a, I should say, a, a monologue between for, – for, for a guest – star right or a guest actor and they and and what's her name journey uh journey smollett smollett uh like kills it just absolutely crushes it and it's um i mean because it's like it's not even a monologue it's like one sentence and that's how you also know rob corn who i know is like he's directed a lot we've seen his name a lot um he understands this show because he can take Shonda's one line of dialogue don't say anything and make it so powerful cut you in the like fucking direct gut. Her so well and she's obviously also doing an amazing job with her delivery and it as well but it's it's just so good um I do want to mention the again little like funny moments when Meredith and Derek are standing outside the door and Derek says we're pimps hilarious <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, and then the parents were like, oh, good. We were worried she was in pain. And Derek goes, no, she's not in any pain. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, so Derek. funny. Oh, and then they like rip back the curtain and Derek goes, how'd it go? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, That's Pete Carmen. <laughs> I, I literally, I was like, you, you, we all want to know. We, we have to, we, we, yeah. we got in the immortal words of, uh, uh, Jake Peralta, we guns to know. Uh, and then Meredith is like, Derek, how'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 
it's it's so and it's a bummer because you know when you get a good moment like that the the the, the Shondaland giveth mm-hmm. and Shondaland taketh Land away taketh away <laughs> yeah so true so true yeah you're like for sure there's no way there's no way that these people get their happy ending there's simply no way yeah also it's it raises my concern this show and medical shows in general at the at the amount of sex taking place in hospitals. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm concerned. Seems unsterile. Unsterile. It seems a bit dramatic. I I'm I'm concerned that my doctors don't have my best interests in mind. You know. I have heard. I've like read articles. Um, on both sides of this, I've read articles that are like, um, nothing on Grey's Anatomy is accurate except for all the sex and i have seen the only thing accurate on gray's anatomy is uh like everyone just uh, sleeping in the on-call or like asleep all the time or something like one thing that was like no one has enough time to have all the sex and the other thing was like that's all anyone's doing is having sex and i was like these seem conflicting these people are having a different experiences <laughs> One of them was written by someone who works in a hospital who no one has sex with them. And the other one is written from the point of view of that person is Mark Sloan. Yeah, exactly. It's so, okay. So, uh, Beth, so Jeremy dies, obviously. Yeah. I will um, say, so, and this is not comedic, but I want you to know that to me, I wrote something funny for a sad moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, they're they're literally they're they're like you know that they know each other and they're like there's vibes and they're sitting there and they're arguing about something and that's when the beth that's when beth is like you need to go because i'm about to make out with my boyfriend Mm -hmm. and then jeremy goes yeet time for a seizure (laughs) (laughs) yeet skirt (laughs) ready for this drip (laughs) yep no I, but yeah, I wrote, I wrote all caps, yeet, time for a seizure. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what Jeremy says. So it's breaking the tension. Yeah. Um, yeah, poor taste so... guys. I understand if you have seizures, <laughs> I'm not trying to dig on you. I also have probably been desensitized because my dog has seizures, which sucks. His dog does have a lot of, well, not a lot anymore, but he had a period where he was having a lot, a lot all the time. of seizures. Yeah. He's doing good now though. Yeah. Yeah, he's they're, they're, well. When you have, for any of you who out there are are in the medical field and you know uh, epilepsy and anti seizure medicine, I will tell you that my dog is on Keppra, phenobarbital, and potassium bromide. So seven and three quarters pills twice a day. So fun, so, so fun, fun for everybody. Um. Okay, so is there anything uh, yeah, we missed? Jeremy dies. Uh, well, we now that we've talked about the clinical trial, we can talk about Derek and Rose and Meredith. So, and let's not uh, forget about Lexi and George. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. So Derek says he's going to sell his land, and Rose has a really interesting moment with Meredith. They bump into each other, and Meredith uh, it's like helping her pick up papers. And Rose says, "I'm intimidated by you. Like not you as a person aren't intimidating, but like the quote unquote legend of like Derek and Meredith and this big love, and like everyone knows the story." And I'm intimidated by you. I really like him. He's selling the land. Like, it's just like, and Meredith is like, there's no legend. Like, it's not, it's you guys now, whatever. So what was your take on that? 
it was it was weird that Rose brings it up, but it's one of the things that I like about Rose is that she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be quirky. I'm going to say what's on my mind. I'm a quote unquote, I'm a flawed person or imperfect person or whatever she says mm-hmm. uh, in, in the OR at one point. It's I like her. And to come right out, I don't think that in this real world scenario, intimidation is probably the best word. I think it's, I'm, I, I don't know. It's, it's not intimidating. I don't think, cause she, I don't I mean, think she's like, intimidated. It's like an elephant in the room. Yeah. Like, like everyone in the hospital knows about Derek and Meredith and they're not never ending bullshit. So like, she obviously knows that Derek and Meredith used to bone and date and be in love, whatever. So it's like, do you address it or not? And she's like, I'm just going to address it. Like, I'm just, we all know it. I'm going to talk to her about it. We but I would say, together. I would say it's more of an apprehension than an intimidation. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think that she's apprehensive about how much she gives herself to Derek. I think that's one of the reasons that it took so long for them to have sex. Whether or not she was bullied and peer pressured into it by Mark is another story. Mm-hmm. But like Meredith is not an intimidating person. It's no, and I mean, even that's the point she's making, it's really more just like the, the concept it, of her it, right. and the, the, concept the concept of like being the, his like big love. But it is interesting that with the first time we see them in the episode, uh, Derek and Rose, she, he's, he's explaining these clinical trial things to him. And she's like, I wanted to spend more time with you. And mm-hmm. this is not what I imagined. I was this thinking is boring. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking movies or a ball game. <laughs> And in my notes, I wrote, oh, I'll give her a ball game. All right. But there is a legend. Let's let's be real. There is the the Derek and Meredith storyline is it is this show's romance. It's Mm -hmm. this show's thematic centerpiece. And Rose, for all intents and purposes, I don't know the exact crystal ball timeline on this, but she's not the end game for Derek. He has said that when he had sex with Rose, he thinks about Meredith. Mm-hmm. He just wants to have fun, whatever that fucking means, <laughs> but no fairy tale, no fairy tale. So I feel for Rose and the way that they're writing Rose's character is really good. I like it. She's a good mm-hmm. actress. Also, the scene where like uh, Derek and Meredith are talking to each other in in the the room, and he, and she's like, "Oh, you're selling the land." It's like, "Yeah, selling the land." Blah blah blah. Rose I'm is right on. there. Rose is right there in the yeah. same OR. Yeah, it's awkward. Um, they don't care. They're not hiding it. I think Rose telling Meredith that she's intimidated by her is her being like, "Please." stop being in love with him <laughs> but i don't know uh so what do you what do you think about Derek selling the land i don't think he's gonna sell it oh okay <laughs> um, sorry i just had to send a quick text because steve asked me what i thought of the new mandalorian God episode and i have it, not steve, seen it yet shut up um i'm busy <laughs> um so he's doing it out of desperation 
in some kind of way, he's trying to force himself to move on from Meredith. The mm-hmm. reason he had the land regardless of Meredith. So I, yeah. I don't understand if it's too hard to think about, Oh, I almost built a house on this land, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You have, you have a, an airstream there still. You've got Weber, you've got house guests. Like they're there. <laughs> it's land fine. Guests. Yeah. Land guests. It's, don't do something dumb. And also, land is an appreciable uh, asset. So uh, mm-hmm. just keep it. Just keep the land. Buy your house in the town. And then see what happens down the road. Um, so, yeah, I think he... I think it's... I think you're right where he's like a desperation. He's doing it to to be like, I'm, I'm letting this chapter go. And I think it has to do with... Uh, yeah, he already had the land, but he had the blueprints to be like, this is our house. Like, I'm doing this for us. Our house. Um, in the middle of the street. Our house. In the Seattle mountains. Yeah. Um. So I think it's, yeah, it's just, you know, I like the moment between him and Richard and Mark again, where... Mark's like, I tried to change and I couldn't. And Richard is like, you don't need to change. Be who you are. Blah, 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 whatever. (laughs) And uh, Derek says, no judgment. The man you are slept with my wife and you've been living on my land for six months, but no judgment. Yeah, that is so funny. So, so funny. And he says it so matter of factly. He's really not upset. (laughs) Hey, uh, Mark, uh, you fucked my wife. No judgment. You fuck my wife. <laughs> yeah, no judgment, but that that was a thing that you did. So let's let's yeah. call a spade a spade. Also, and then you are and might then not be the best. Weber's like, you don't need to change. My wife and I are having sex like bunnies. Mm-hmm. Okay, Weber. He's like, freak. I'm moving back in, and I'm still chief of surgery. I can have my cake and eat it too. I get it all. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. Back to the original question. The the, the land thing. It's it's Derek's manifestation of his desire to move on, and he won't sell it because he's not going to move on. He's not healed, and him and Meredith will get back together in the season four finale. So the next episode. Yes. Okay, so what about him and Rose? They're going to break up in season five, episode one. Oh, so he's going to cheat again? Again. He's going to prom Addison with Meredith one more time to Rose. And then that will be the last time we ever see Rose. Whenever he breaks up with her, it's going to be the last time we see Rose. That's it. Okay. Um, so George, George and Lexi, they're going to have sex. (laughs) I like George in this episode. And I like that. She's like, I'll give you two minutes of complaining and I won't. (laughs) You've earned it. You've gone I'm almost a season you. without complaining, George. Um, and uh, what do you make of those files? So the fact that we learned that George missed, he, he failed the intern test by one point. That hurts. That sucks. Lexi didn't need to tell him that. Nope. It's not... It's not fair, but we do get to know a lot about Lexi. Like she's doing this for him. I think she cares obviously about him as a friend. I think more than a friend personally. <laughs> and, but like, she didn't need to say that. And we do get the, the, yeah. the information now. She has a photographic memory, like good for her. Cool. She yeah. is Mike I Ross mean, I'd from be a Suits. Doctor too, if I had a yeah. photographic memory. Yeah. 
So it's just uh, it's just a bummer that that's what happens. But she knows everything now. So I think then we're going to start to see she's going to like defend herself using some of this information. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to mm-hmm. look like because she's starting to just get a little bit of the Christina case off her back. Like she's got some of Christina's respect. I don't think she'll need to do anything to her, but she's got this information. She's got mm-hmm. these kill files for everyone. She knows mm-hmm. the information now. Nice uh, scandal reference. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, it's good stuff. Um, yeah, I the the whole one point thing is just ugh, I don't want to know that. It's like, would you rather lose by one point or a million points? Like, I don't know. I the, neither is good. I'd rather win. Is the answer to the question? Yeah. It's uh, never mind. I was gonna make a Ted Lasso reference, but I don't want to spoil uh, anything for anyone. Um, yeah. What else do you think she saw in the files? Give me, give me some prediction about what else was in the files. I think that she learned all about Izzy's LVAD situation. <laughs> I, I think that's it. That's it. Oh, she, uh, Meredith's. No, she already knew about Meredith's drowning thing. I think. Definitely the Izzy Elvad situation. Okay. That's in there. Um, okay, so But she took more files than characters we've seen. We haven't really even seen any interns in forever. Other than yeah. this episode, we see them and Meredith is bossing them around. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I think is that it? Is there anything else to say for this one? This part one? I'm I'm actually a little bit embarrassed that last episode was longer than this. We had so well, long we had to cut it into two. Yeah, <laughs> we did a but lot. This last was week. this was a better episode. Let's let's rate it, and then we will mm-hmm. rate these individually, and then as a as an arc. Mm-hmm. You go first. <sighs> this episode is a four point eight nine. Same. <laughs> I was like, it's a 4.8, but I'm kind of annoyed with myself because I don't know why it's not a five. I mean, I think it's not a five because it's meant to air with the other episode. So it doesn't like finish. So it's hard to rate it, but it's very, 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 very great. What was the last? Was it the no? What was the last multi-part episode that we had? The ambulance crash. That's right. That's right. I feel like I remember, and I could be wrong. I don't have any information to go off of this. I feel like I remember the first episode being okay. The second, the second episode being great, or maybe it was vice versa. Whatever. This one is starting off really. No, you're right. It was I, no. It was the first one was really good. The second one was bad, but as an arc, they were okay. This one is starting off really good. I'm nervous that the second one's going to be boring, but it's a finale, so it's got to be different. It's got to have a bit more gravitas to it. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for the next episode. But yeah, four point eight nine. The the shock factor of the dude in a cement block uh, yeah. was was just like whoa. Mm-hmm. But then you learn so much about cement. And the effects of it on human bodies. Yeah, the toxicology of cement. Yeah, like don't blow, don't lay in it. Yeah, ever, like ever. Yeah. Not even if Alexandra Daddario says that she'll, you know, buy you a sex, sex toy toys. from yeah, sex, loveshoptoys.com. Loveshoptoys.com. 
Grey's Academy, 20% off. And yeah, just don't do that. And then the, I think the, the shitty kids bring it down a notch. The yeah. Ava, the Ava Rebecca storyline in general is just so sad. Yeah. That it's I think hard to watch like it, they're it, doing it well, but like, it's hard. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, but I think I've, I, I got all my predictions out as we talked about it. Is there any other predictions that I need to make? Or do you want to tell me why uh, your yours was uh, a 4.89 as well? Um, no, I think it was pretty much just like, I think the only reason that I can't give it a five is because stories are unfinished. Um, so it's really hard to rate it on its own. But I think for what it is, it's it's like the best version it can be. Um, I love it. I love, again, like, obviously when you can tell it's Shonda because it's so freaking good. Uh, and it's just like a voice It's that is recognizable and really is the voice of the show. Obviously, she created the show. Um, so, yeah, it's really good. I'm not ready you to stop loving you. Previously mentioned that Izzy's going to die in the season four finale. Are you still on that train? Izzy and Ava both just dead. <laughs> I only made that guess based off of the small timeline of events that I know about Izzy or Catherine Heigl's relationship with the writers and the TV show at this time. Mm -hmm. But now that we're here, I can't imagine a world (laughs) like I can't imagine how she would die because the story isn't putting she's not in the center of any of the storylines going on right now. Yeah. So maybe I have to push that back to season five. She dies. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, you said Beth is going to live. You said Derek and Meredith get back together on and Callie and Mark all bone. I think, yeah, I think you've made anything with Bailey. I I don't have any Bailey predictions right now other than her you, and I get and together. You and her go watch Star Wars? Yeah. Um, okay, so cool. Then I think that's it for this episode. We will be finishing this episode up, uh, the finale, next week. Uh, you can... Oh, I had something else to say. What was it? Was it make sure to email you directly with uh, questions or your thoughts on the episode that, at grazeacademypod at gmail.com? They definitely should do that. And you can also follow us on Instagram. But what was it? Oh, we're on Twitter. We're on Twitter Ayo. now, guys. You can follow us on Twitter. I've had one singular tweet. Uh, and I will probably mostly just be tweeting about when we have new episodes. But you can follow us on Twitter. It's the same at Grey's Academy Pod. So. Uh, maybe one and day that's Twitter a, will disappear, but until that, we're on air. So. And that's you could talk any spoilers you want because I am not following that on Twitter. Yes, Carmen will not be looking at that. So I have a Twitter, but I only I, I have a Twitter, but I only retweet White Sox uh, raffles and that's it. Yes. So you can uh, tweet spoilies all at us and I will converse with you proudly. Um, so, yes, we are on the Twitter. So that's what I was going to say. Uh, OK, so, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, check the show notes for that link to love shop toys. Um, Gray's Academy will get you 20% off and it's free shipping on any orders over $69. Nice. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. Please, please share us, tell your friends, tell your family, tell strangers on the street. Uh, but if you see Carmen walking down the street, 
I will be a stranger to you probably for now, and then we'll become friends. Uh, ask ask our friends like Megan and Alicia who have reached out to us, and we're all friends now. Uh, but uh, the most important thing is no spoilies. We're so close. It's times like these, Kelsey, that I just I I can't believe we've made it this far without spoilies. And if there are any, like they're so they're so small, and I don't really know the context of it. But every time I get to see a fucking person wrapped in cement for the first time, <laughs> I it just, it. it's just, man, it blows my mind. So uh, thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate all of our uh, fellow Gray's Academy listeners, uh, any first timers, last timer, hopefully no last timers, I guess, um, <laughs> first timers only uh, or repeat <laughs> listeners. Uh, we do appreciate you and we will see you all in the next one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.